we have our second guest, Kiefer, with us today. Um, just to start off, give us a brief introduction of yourself and your program. You can say anything you want. Sure. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Love the idea of a podcast about yeah. diabetes. I think that's awesome. Um, yeah, I'm Kiefer. I'm in my fourth year at McMaster, and I'm in the nursing program. Um, yeah, I'm, I've been a diabetic for 10 years, um, just this past June. So I feel like I'm pretty experienced, no longer a novice diabetic. Um, yeah, I, I lo- I've loved my time at McMaster, and I'm, you know, sad to see it ending, but I'm very excited for the future and what it holds. Um, so do you want to tell us more about like your story with diabetes, your initial diagnosis, like kind of how you found out the whole sure. process with the doctors and everything? Yeah. So I was 12 years old and I had no um, prior health issues or concerns and um, I was on vacation with my family and my cousins and we were going to um, South Carolina driving straight through so it's about like a, I don't know, 15 hour drive. Mm-hmm. And uh, we noticed on the drive there that I started to um, urinate like crazy. Mm-hmm. And I was known as like the kid that wouldn't pee the whole 14 hour drive. Yeah. And then all of a sudden I'm peeing like every, I don't know, two hours, something like that. Uncontrollable thirst, mm-hmm. kind of the cardinal signs of diabetes um, in hindsight, but at the time we didn't know. And then I, you know, thought that was weird. Everyone thought that was strange, but we didn't really look into it. And then we went on vacation and over the course of the vacation, which was about a week, mm-hmm. things just got progressively um, more extreme. So my thirst was even more unquenchable and I was peeing even more often and just lethargic, um, stuff like that. And the one thing that kind of stands out is I went to a movie with my dad on vacation mm-hmm. and we got, you know, since we were on holidays, we got an extra large Coca-Cola or something. Yeah. And before the previews were even finished, my dad went to go take his first sip and the whole thing was drained and for him he even talks about it now that was kind of like the moment where he's like maybe this is abnormal yeah and then on the drive back um yeah peeing even more even more thirsty everything just got turned up to 11 and then um, my appetite started to go away significantly when i got back yeah and i was monitoring my weight um because i did feel like i was getting more skinny Mm And sure enough, I lost probably like 20-ish pounds in a month wow. since that vacation. And then we kind of just monitored it at home and, you know, peeing at night, stuff like that. It was just too much. So we went to my doctor's office, my pediatrician, who we told, um, you know, what was going on. And like, that's a pretty easy diagnosis based on those symptoms. Yeah. Knowing now as with a nursing background, yeah. like it's, it's uh, pretty black and white, but he instantly um, was like, okay, well, we need to look into things. Um, we need to do this test. We need to do a, it was probably an HbA1c at the time, but mm-hmm. he's like, you can even go to the pharmacy, which was in the building, and you can just get them to test your blood sugar right then and there, like yeah. a glucometer, which is what we did. And um, the pharmacist takes my blood sugar and just like, his jaw dropped and I instantly knew something was wrong. I didn't know what. Mm -hmm. And he just goes, points it towards me and it was 35.5. And I'm like, oh, okay. So what's that mean? Knowing now, like, that's terrible. terrible. Your sugar should be within, like, I don't know, Mm 5.4 to 6. Looking back at it, yeah, I was so naive. And now, I nowadays, if I saw my blood sugar 35.5 or whatever, I would, you know, be going crazy. 
thinking DKA, whatever the case is. But um, yeah, so we went to the doctor's office and told him the number and he instantly diagnosed me with diabetes because mm-hmm. that fits the guidelines with, you know, diagnosing on the spot. Yeah. And um, me and my mom were very confused because we had a lot of misconceptions about diabetes. Um, obviously, as a 12-year-old kid, so I didn't know much about the illness in general. Yeah. Um, and then he explained to me you know, gave me this long speech about just very basically what's wrong with me. Mm-hmm. But he said it's going to be explained more in hospital. Um, but his take-home message, I guess, was that, like, you know, lots of children are diagnosed with the same disease and they live very long, fruitful lives. Yeah. And that he basically said, like, you will long, live a long life despite mm-hmm. this illness. And that still, like, resonates with me yeah. today. Still a great doctor. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I, I went to... The general hospital at the time mm-hmm. um probably couldn't do it nowadays but we instantly got a room called up and got a room on the ward yeah. the peds ward and then from there on um yeah they kind of threw the book at me they you know hba1c and mm-hmm. trying to get my sugars under control with like a, a drip and you know trying to get fluids in me because i was so dehydrated and yeah you know the typical workup mm-hmm. and then yeah it got educated and um you know, I learned the skills that diabetic needs, and I was in the hospital for about three days. Yeah. And then ever since then, yeah, I've just been living with diabetes. I have two things to bring up. I don't want to forget them, but the first one mm-hmm. is, you mentioned, like, misconceptions about diabetes. Are you making assumptions? I mean, you're always going to have people out there yeah. um, who make assumptions. My family is pretty, you know, um, well-educated about, you know, healthcare in general. My okay, mom's a nurse. Okay. And everyone who isn't well-educated um, is open to learning new things and learning about what the reality of things are. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess at the beginning, yeah, like there was a bit of uh, just questioning, well, why, why would this happen to, yeah. to me? Yeah, it's a little bit of like shock too, right? Yeah, Almost like, yeah. yeah. I think it was just coping, yeah. honestly, too. Sure. Um, but yeah, that was quickly relieved yeah. when we got educated about it. Um, mm-hmm. But in terms of friends and stuff, I've always tried to surround myself with people who are supportive no matter what. Mm-hmm. And um, even if they have misconceptions, they ask me personally. Yeah, that's important. Yeah. Um, the other thing I was going to say is, like, what was the kind of the feeling when you were going to the hospital? I know it's probably, like, really scary. Mm-hmm. You're only 12 years old, and, like, you're being rushed to the hospital. You must think something serious is wrong. So were you going yeah. through a lot of, like, emotions? Like, my yeah. cousin was, like, crying. He was really scared and, like... Our whole family was also really scared for him. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was a hard time. Well, I mean, yeah, it sounds like your family obviously are supportive and love each yeah, other. For sure. So anything that happens, you know, you're going to mm-hmm. think is the end of the world and you're going to die. Yeah. Which is what how I thought, despite my doctor's yeah. nice speech. Mm-hmm. And my mom, the same thing, despite her prior knowledge about diabetes. And, you know, it is a, it was a serious situation, but it wasn't like I was having a heart attack yeah. or anything. But we were rushing there. That your mom was a nurse and she like, yeah, understood. Of yeah. course, of course. She okay. she had that good background knowledge. But yeah, we were driving mm-hmm. a little over the speed limit trying to get there. And, um, you know, a bit of crying, a bit of fear. Um, mm-hmm. I had never really been to a hospital before yeah. either. So I think just that aspect of going to hospital for the first time was a little scary for me. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember walking in the front doors and seeing, like, um, the names written on the wall of people that were donors, like oh, whatever volunteers, yeah. donors to the hospital, and mm-hmm. asking my mom, were these people that d- died here? You know, because yeah. that's just how you think as a little mm-hmm. kid. Yeah. Um, but quickly, 
that stuff was relieved once I got an understanding of what was really going on. Makes sense, yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Um, and what about uh, your family doctor visit? Do you think you had a good experience with like the healthcare system so far in general? Like, do you think the doctors have all been super diligent and caring? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, up until I became an adult legally, I had that pediatrician um, working with a team of nurses Mm -hmm. at Niagara Diabetes, which is, I'm from St. Catharines. Okay. Um, And that was great. Um, He made some awesome decisions and he always pushed me to be my best Mm -hmm. um, in a non judgmental and, you know, proper way. Mm -hmm. But the nurses were really um, kind of the leaders of the team I found yeah. and they um really got down to my level as a kid and a teenager mm-hmm. and um tried to explain things to me in terms of what I was going through just as a teen in general yeah um and yeah just very like personable people and awesome people that I I kind of miss mm-hmm. because of of course I've been graduated to the adult program now yeah. and I see um how's the adult program like how's it different um it's different because um, I find the rules are a little more lenient. Like if your sugars are good, HbA1c, um, you don't have to go as much. Okay. Um, if you're fitting within the guidelines, um, I find the expectations are a little tiny bit lower. Mm-hmm. But also as a kid, you're a new diagnosis, so exactly. I prob- I'm sure they want to kind of start things off on a good note. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've had a great experience with the doll program too. I really like my endocrinologist, okay. and I really like the new nursing team I'm working with. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Um, have, your, have you had any like change in your values, mindset, or beliefs since your diagnosis? Like, Do you think it's drastically impacted the way you see the world and kind of the things that you value? Yeah, yeah I mean, that's a really good question. That's a really big question. Yeah, so it's but very it, broad. it's good. Like, I, I think I've changed so much. I mean, as a young age, like... Yeah. That is a huge... Like maturity level, too. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. That's a huge burden to take on as a kid. And, and I mean, some kids are pretty passive about it, but I was very serious. Mm-hmm. And I, um, yeah, I think that I just gained so much more responsibility at a young age, which is what I'm thankful for, mm-hmm. um, which has kind of carried on through my life. And, um, yeah, I've, I've gone and appreciated things in my health and my life that, you know, I probably took for granted at first. Um, in terms of nursing, it's huge because I can kind of understand the struggles of diabetics and people with very complex disease plus diabetes and Mm kind of what they're going through. Um, and I think it's just, yeah, it's made me understand like chronic disease Mm -hmm. so much more. And especially like you're probably even healthier than like the general teenager because you're more diligent about your health and like, I guess more aware of like... A lot of teenagers probably don't even know what blood sugar really yeah. means. Yeah, I mean, science. the one thing I always go off of when people ask me about, like, okay, you have diabetes, you can't eat this, you, you have to eat like this. And I'm like, well, there's no actual guideline for yeah. how to eat as a diabetic. Mm-hmm. What I was told and what I understand and what I preach to patients who have diabetes mm-hmm. is that you need to eat as healthy as anyone else. You need to exercise as much as anyone else. Yeah. Because a healthy lifestyle equals good diabetes and good yeah, control. Exactly. You know, that's what I was taught and that's how I live my life. Yeah. Great. Okay. Um, I guess this goes along with our last question, but like, what would you tell your younger self? I think like when you're first diagnosed, because mm-hmm. um, I know from the last episode, my cousin identified 
he kind of almost lost like he was tired mm-hmm. of the process of like constantly having to check on this thing yeah. when he was younger and he'd almost give up and he was like put in therapy for that because okay. um, he had to talk with a therapist about the reasons why he was he didn't have hope for himself almost yeah. do you think that there's there was any remnant of that in your story and what would you tell your younger self if so well I would firstly start off by saying yeah that's some real thing yeah. diabetic fatigue mm-hmm. illness anxiety those yeah. are huge things that a lot of people don't talk about and address mm-hmm. so that's good that your cousin yeah. addressed those she issues um, mm-hmm. I would tell my younger self that yeah just stick with it and there is a light at the end of the tunnel and you're gonna have days where things really suck and yeah. you feel like you just want to give up and not pay attention to this thing but you know I know myself and I know that's not really what yeah, I'm going to do long term sure. because I care about my health and I care about my well-being. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just a reminder that you're going to have really bad days and really good days. Yeah. Um, just part of the highs and lows, mm-hmm. literally, of diabetes. <laughs> yeah, the saying of our podcast. Which, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, I think I was going to ask... Oh, yes. So for the upcoming event, we actually have an event on Saturday. Um, one of the breakout rooms we're going to do is about diabetes advocacy mm-hmm. and something one of our team members brought up, Kyle, shout out to Kyle, mm-hmm. um, if he's going to listen to this, but um, he brought up the point about self-pity and almost mm-hmm. learned helplessness. I don't know if you know what that term means, but it's like, I think he mentioned that a lot of people he's met with diabetes, sometimes they pity themselves to the point where they learn to kind of like be helpless in the mm-hmm. situation. Do you think there's any strategies to kind of tackle that? Um, yeah, I mean, it's definitely easy to feel that way. Yeah, for sure. Um, with anything. Mm-hmm. I guess, um, is, is reaching out to your supports mm-hmm. and talking to people about how you feel, um, because it's okay to feel a bit of self-pity, I yeah, mean, once sure. in a while, but, um, if you have good supports, mm-hmm. they're going to recognize that that's an issue for you mm-hmm. and they're going to try to motivate you. Yeah. And sometimes exactly. it's hard to find good supports. But you got to dig deep and, and know that someone's out there, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, when I'm feeling like that, that's exactly what I do. It's like go reach out and um, get a bit of a pep talk okay. from those people who care about me. Okay, sounds yeah. good. Um, are you or were you in the past part of any support groups in terms of other patients with diabetes? Talking about your... Um, yeah, a bit. I um, My mom's always been involved in a support okay. group. Um it's more so the parents mm-hmm. um, that discuss in it, but I had some involvement with uh, JDRF, um, for those who don't know, Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation. Mm-hmm. And I was um, I was kind of like a sponsor, or I was sponsored by them, I guess, like a youth representative. Okay. Um, and I was involved in like the Walk to Cure Diabetes. Um, so I kind of considered that uh, like a bit of a support group. I also was involved with something called I Challenge Diabetes, um, which is ran by um, former Olympic rower Chris Jarvis and uh, an NHL hockey player at the time named Corey Conacher. And they um, kind of, you know, got youth involved and um, held events, uh, going playing hockey with this NHL player. Oh, that's so cool. I think yeah. my cousin did that. He's he's a big hockey player. Okay. So he, he was involved in some diabetes events to do with hockey. I'm not sure which ones, but... Yeah, it's probably cool. the same thing. It's yeah. pretty popular. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just you know, support for youth kind of thing. Um, not so much as an adult, but 
yeah, I'm looking yeah. to get into I guess into that's that. like the time that you need it the most really is when you're mm -hmm. younger, figuring out life stuff, but also diabetes stuff and yeah. all mixed in. I fully agree, yeah. What would you tell your younger self could also translate to what would you tell someone who's recently been diagnosed with diabetes? Or would mm -hmm. you have something different to say? Anything to add? Um, I guess the same thing yeah. to my younger self, but also just like, yeah, emphasize support. Mm -hmm. Like I said, you definitely have to know who your supports are and know what they can do for you and how reliable they are. Yeah. Um, I've been very thankful I have great sports in my life, and I think that's why I've been pretty successful mm. in caring for myself. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I would just emphasize that, I think. Um, are there any myths about diabetes that you'd like to debunk? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, there's about a thousand. Yeah. But I, I guess um, the one I kind of already um, touched on, mm -hmm. the whole what do you eat, well, you have to eat the rules, and yeah. like like I said, it's just, you have to eat as healthy as anyone else. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know, I guess, honestly, I guess insulin lowers your blood sugar. The amount of times I've had people tell me I need to give myself insulin when my blood sugar's low, yeah. and I'm like, no, that would realistically probably kill me. Yeah. Um, which isn't a myth, I think that's just more of a misconception, misconception. or yeah. a little bit of lack of education, mm -hmm. but... Yeah, just stuff like that. Um, subcutaneous needles can't go in your vein. That doesn't really make sense, yeah. but I get why people would think that. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I need to change my sensors. They don't stay in me forever. I wish they did. <laughs> that would be nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, just okay. stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, just like more of a lack of education than mm -hmm. a myth, necessarily. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. I think one of the myths... Um, my cousin brought up, he's kind of my only reference point for this since I only have one episode, but I mm -hmm. keep talking about him, but he brought up something about he was in school and in order to make fun of him, the other kids searched up the life expectancy of a type oh, 1 diabetic yeah. and of course Google says like 60 or like 40 or something Yeah. Um, and he was really disheartened and sad about that, so mm -hmm. I think that's also like, do you have anything to say about that in terms of like misconceptions with Kind of, it yeah. kind of goes with like the healthy yeah. eating thing you said like you can have a healthy and long life mm -hmm. if you do the right things and yeah well I think everyone's had that moment mm -hmm. with any chronic illness where you google it yeah and google's one of the worst things for that because mm -hmm. yeah you're gonna get a pretty generalized answer um I mean it's not wrong if you don't take care of yourself yeah yeah you're gonna have um, micro and macro vascular problems you're gonna have mm -hmm. heart disease you're gonna have kidney problems yeah. Um, you're going to have a neuropathy, all these different issues. Mm -hmm. um, but that's a big what if. That's and like, yeah. if you're living in an environment that you can thrive as a diabetic, mm -hmm. you can live as long as your intentions are, if that makes yeah. sense, you yeah, know? For sure. um, but yeah, I think that, yeah, that's a, a pretty generalized answer. And um, it's really in your own hands. If how well you want to do and how long you want to live and some some stuff's out of your control obviously and like out of people's control in general yeah um in terms of issues like that but um in the diabetic scope of things yeah it's it's all up to you how long you want to live and how healthy you want to live i guess like do you feel like your diabetes has prevented you from doing anything that you've wanted to um i guess there's like a big time cost yeah. yeah, I think it's taken a bit of toll, yeah, on time, mm -hmm. um, 
But and overall, like, big things, you wouldn't say? No, I don't think it's prevented me from doing anything. I still have a social life. I still go out with my friends. I yeah. still um, live normal teenager, young adult experiences, mm-hmm. um, despite having diabetes. If anything, sometimes there's a bit of an inconvenience. Maybe I need to meet people at the bar because I need to put in a needle beforehand because my infusion set is leaking yeah. or my sensor's not working, so i got to troubleshoot that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I always get there, right? I always yeah. get to the event or That's good. whatever the thing is, yeah. yeah. What's been the most difficult challenge or obstacle you've had to overcome with diabetes? Has there been any times where I guess you had a really bad high or low? Mm-hmm. and you remember it distinctly? Um, oh, yeah. Like, I mean, there's a story of, like, a never-ending low. I could never get up oh for whatever gosh. reason. Yeah. I was sick at the time, so maybe that's why. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I was at work. I was working in a grocery store at the time, and um, I just kept dropping and dropping and dropping. Mm-hmm. And I actually I paid for it eventually later on, but as an emergency method, I took like a six pack of Mountain Dew off the shelf and I started drinking it, um, you know, pretty passively. And then I just kept going low and low and low. So I started chugging it and, um, for whatever reason, I couldn't get my sugars back up, tried all the things they teach you to do. And then I remember going to the washroom to, to sit down. Um, cause that's the only place I could sit down and like kind of peace and quiet Mm -hmm. and relax. And I remember looking at the tile on the wall and like it started to move not hallucinating but like you know what I mean like the dizzy spells and stuff like that which I typically don't get I just Mm -hmm. get a little shaky Mm -hmm. control it yeah but this was something new that I haven't even experienced since then okay and thinking like oh crap I'm gonna have to call the ambulance oh my gosh but um it went away yeah my boss recognized that something was seriously up with me so he invited me to go to his office and I um yeah, it took me, like, honestly, a good 35 to 40 minutes to get my sugars up. Wow. And then when they did, I left and I went home. I'm like, I'm sorry, I, I'm sick, and this is a bit of an issue. Um, so that was an obstacle. Did you find out why they were, like, why um, it wasn't I honestly, I think it was just a bit of a combination of things. I think it was a combination of me working yeah. laboriously, and obviously that lowers your sugar. I had a lot of insulin on board, so insulin okay. in my body that was still actively working. Um, and being sick didn't help. Mm-hmm. So I think it was just the perfect storm. Um, another thing that I consider just a constant obstacle is the technology. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Yeah. So like the sensors that I use, they always bleed out. So okay. I'll inject them and I remove the needle and they bleed out and they're useless. Okay. So a box is like five sensors and they're 80 bucks each wow. so and they replace them obviously but it's just a hassle yeah. to go through a whole box of five and it's like well now I don't have a sensor for mm-hmm. four days and I just wasted I don't know a couple hundred bucks yeah you know because sure. they didn't work was your yeah. the cost for the insulin was that covered when you were a kid and still covered not anymore yeah, um, it's always been covered for me. I'm really thankful okay. because my dad's insurance still covers me because I'm in oh, school. Oh, as an adult still? Yeah. Okay, that's good. So I've always had pump, any supplies, sensor okay. supplies, insulin, needles, yeah. test strips all covered. Mm-hmm. And I've been a member of or a part of the assisted devices program. Okay. So I've been getting grants towards pumps and new pumps. Wow. So I've been that's super amazing. thankful. Yeah. Yeah, but um, wow. this year that all ends when I graduate. Oh. 
So hopefully I can get a job that has some pretty good benefits. Yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. Are you going into nursing for sure? Yeah, yeah. I'll be um, writing the NCLEX sometime after May, okay. probably, and be looking for work. Oh, yeah. So I guess you are very lucky in that sense because I know that there's stories in the U.S. of like, people like having to choose between paying their rent mm -hmm. or buying insulin it's just crazy like yeah. I think the access to insulin is such like a human resource and like it's a need yeah and I think do you think that there's any like I don't know if you've read about current news or anything but like do you think there's any ways to tackle kind of like I guess it's kind of a really big question oh no <laughs> I love I love those questions yeah, I mean I think it will access and kind of yeah expanding coverage I think it's a systemic problem yeah and like obviously the states they have their own issues and we have our own issues mm -hmm. um but yeah i think it starts at the leadership level of ontario government mm -hmm. which i think has kind of been lackluster in the last however years in terms mm -hmm. of healthcare, especially yeah um but that's a discussion yeah. for another <laughs> podcast i'm yeah. sure but for um sure. yeah i think it's 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 all in the leadership and mm -hmm. kind of what um what the government wants to put forward and what kind of incentives they have for people with diabetics to give them money towards insulin and kind of where the threshold is to provide funding for mm -hmm. insulin. I know there's people that are caught in between having no insurance and also not being um, within the lines to get coverage for that kind of thing, Yeah. Um, who are in a bit of an awkward situation and they're just barely making ends meet, plus they got to you know, buy insulin and yeah. test strips and blah, blah, blah. Um, but yeah, I think it's just um, a matter of what the leadership in Ontario wants to do. Those are all the questions I had prepared, but do you have anything else to add in terms of anything you want to share? Um, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, pressure. there's so many things I would yeah. want to say, but I think those questions covered a lot of, Yeah. It, sure. they were pretty well-rounded, but I just want to thank you so much for doing this. No worries. And, uh, having a good outlet for yeah. people to listen and hear about um, diabetes, which is so prevalent. Yeah. I guess I would, I'd like to shout out my supports and my family and my yes. friends and everyone involved in my life who, you know, I know yes. I can look towards when I need them. Yeah. yeah. You're very lucky to have those people in your life. And yeah, of course. Yeah, I'm yeah. thankful for it. I know that everyone doesn't have that. Yeah, so. for sure. Okay, well, thank you so much for being yeah. my second guest. No worries. Thank um, you so much for having me. Yeah. Thank you.